0: All right, so we've been in this study about God's Word, and we'll be, try, to, try to be brief tonight. Uh, it is the night before Thanksgiving. I know you've got to cook turkeys and dressing and all that kind of stuff, so it's cool. Um, but as we've been studying this, we've been in the study of God's Word, um, I, uh, I have to admit something to you. Um, I feel like the more that I study God's Word, the dumber I get. Does anybody else feel like that? Yeah, thank you, Holly, for being the only... Oh, Ken acknowledged that. Thank you. Okay, we got one or two others that like... Okay, so I, I have something that I can akin this to, and that is like when... Uh, I, so it, 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 I went to school at Oxford, and and I took every AP course that I could possibly take at Oxford. I passed zero of the AP Um, tests. So I'd got no college credit for them. So yeah, I was proud of that fact. You know, great job, Kenny. Took all the AP courses. You're one of two people that took all the AP courses that you could possibly take at Oxford High School. You got zero college credit for it. Good job. Way to go. So anyway, so I took a bunch of hard courses for no reason. That was great. So I was feeling really good about myself. I said, well, I'm going to go to JSU and I'm going to go to their orientation thing so I could take their math placement test because I believe the, the calculus part, the calculus test, I believe I could have passed that AP exam, but I don't know why I didn't pass that one, but anyway, so y'all know that I'm a math geek and stuff like that, but anyway, so I went and I took their calcula- their uh, their placement test for math, and, and uh, they told me that the only way that you could get into calculus two is if you uh, only missed one on their placement exam, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. So uh, I, I actually placed into calculus two. I felt pretty good about myself. I was like, I passed... And I didn't, didn't have to go through any of the other math classes. I just played straight into Calculus 2. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Like, I got into Calculus 2. I was only freshman in Calculus 2. Looking around, I was like, huh, that's pretty cool, you know. And I made an A in there. I went to Calculus 3. I did all right. You know, it was a B plus. I wasn't feeling quite as good in there. But, I, hey, it's a B plus, and it was Calculus 3, you know. But I went on to numerical analysis. And I don't know if it was a professor. I don't know if it was the content but all I know is when I sat in numerical analysis, it was like the dude was speaking another language. It was like he was talking, and I could tell that there were words coming out of his mouth. And I could tell that he was saying stuff, and it was about math. I really knew that it was about math, and it was things that I should understand. I didn't get any of it. And the more he talked, and the more the semester went on, the less I understood. I just felt like as the semester went on, the dumber I got. Like I, I wasn't getting more information. It was like he was taking information away. It was like... It, it was like I was getting dumber as the semester went on. You ever felt like that? Like it's, it's like I was doing negative work. You ever felt like that? Yeah, <laughs> Kimberly's like yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. You felt like that before? Yeah. Like you're doing negative work. I felt like that before. Sometimes as I as I read the Word of God, and I don't know if you've ever felt like this before, but as I read the Word of God, I have to go and I'm like, I have to rethink some stuff. You know what I mean? Some stuff that I thought I knew. I went when I read this now, you know, having read some other stuff, I go back and I read it now, and I'm like, I don't know that I completely got it before. And now I have to go back and rethink the way I read it the first time. And now I'm like, now i got to go read something else because i got to confirm what I think that I think now that I'm not sure that I understood back then. And now what what do I think now? It's almost like I've got writer's block. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what I think now sometimes. You know, when you... Okay, I'm the only one that's ever been through that, okay? I guess I, am I telling the truth? I mean, has anybody ever been through that? Okay, has anybody else read their Bible ever? Okay, (laughs) let me ask that question. Okay, so anyway, so I, I mean, like, that's what happens with me sometimes. So I'm reading something, I'm like, wow, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And then, like, that's way different than I, I thought I understood it before, and now, well, how do I feel about that? And then I gotta go research something else. And it's like, man, I, I you got you constantly have to reevaluate yourself in light of God's word. You constantly have to reevaluate, you know, your perspective on God's word and how God, God's word is living and breathing. And and it, it is constantly shaping you and molding you, not only uh, is, is it shaping you and molding you, but it's also showing you and teaching you constantly. And, and it, you know, it's, it's like when, when you're little and you understand stuff about math, it's different. Then when you get older and understand stuff about math, what you thought you understood about math when you were five years old is way different than what you think you understand about math when you're, when you're 18 years old. You know what I mean? You're like, well, I didn't really even get math when I was five. I really think that I get math when I'm 18. And then you're in numerical analysis. You go, well, I don't even know that I get math at all, you know? And, and it's like you go through this cycle sometimes in God's Word. And, and, and admittedly, I do that. Admittedly, I do that. And, and I want to tell you tonight that as, as we read the gospel accounts, as we, read, as we read God's Word, there's a perspective that I want you to understand too. And it, it, as we talk about what is God's Word, I want you to understand something. You understand that God's Word is not just this book that John actually refers to Jesus as the Word, as the Word. Like, now that sounds weird, doesn't it? Like, when you hear John say that, and we'll read it in just a second, but as you hear John say, and we we probably don't even need it up on the screen tonight, but as you hear John say that Jesus is the Word, you go like, well, that sounds weird. Like, He is the Word. What does that even mean? Like, Jesus is the word? Next thing you know, you'll be telling me he's the truth, too, or, or he's, the, he's a gate, or, you know, something like that. Like, he's all these inanimate objects, you know? Next thing you'll be telling me is that God exists in three parts, like a father, a son, and some kind of ghost or something. Like, you know, you'll be telling me all kinds of crazy stuff. But, but John wants to explain to us the fact that the Jesus is the living, breathing word of God. Now, I want you to understand what that means. When he says he's the word, I want you to understand what, what he means. Now, now, that comes from the Greek word logos, 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 whatever you want to say. It's a Greek word, okay? I think it's actually pronounced logos. And that just means, it, it really means a kind of an expression, if you will. So, now now I thought about I, I kind of run out of time, but I I thought about actually doing some charades up here. Y'all know what charades are, where you act out some stuff. And and you guys are used to me acting goofy and doing some stupid stuff, and I don't mind acting goofy in front of y'all, but uh I kind of decided against that. I was like, eh, we don't really have time for that tonight, but maybe I'll act stupid in front of you another time. But but <laughs> Tanya's like, oh please act dumb. No. Uh but uh anyway, so so it's it's actually a term that means an expression. So it's an expression of God. So you can have an expression of God through written word, right? The Bible is, is an expression of God. God how, how God has expressed himself. He has expressed himself through written word, right? Well, God has also expressed himself through flesh, too. And how he expressed himself through flesh is in the person of Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool to me. I, I don't know if that's cool to you, but it's cool to me. And, and, and when you wrap your mind around that a little bit, when you try to grasp that a little bit, it go, you, you kind of go, wow, Jesus is God's expression to mankind. And that kind of shakes me to my core a little bit. I'm not saying that it, it changes my perspective on everything about the Bible, but when I think about Jesus being the expression of God, that he is God in, in the living flesh, obviously, but he is his expression to the human race. When I started to think about that and I started to process that information, it really started to, to kind of stir something inside of me. When I think about an expression, it's almost like, you know, when you think about an artist's painting being... Their expression to the world. You know? It's how they express themselves, right? How they reveal themselves, how they show themselves, how they, they express themselves through that painting, through that piece of art, through that sculpture. That's pretty cool, right? I, I I don't know. Well everybody's like sitting there going, I yeah, that's pretty cool, Kenny, so what? You know, but to me it just it kind of shook me up when I started to think about that. What I want you to understand about uh, John's gospel is that. You know, these gospel writers, they all had kind of a, a a perspective from which they wrote. Now, I've told you this before, and, and some of you would remember, and some of you probably won't, but Matthew wrote from the perspective of wanting to, rev- to show you Jesus as king, right? So that's why he, at the very beginning of Matthew's gospel, he goes back and points to the lineage going all the way back to King David. And he says, okay, Matthew, Jesus, king, right? So... Mark, he's writing from the perspective of a servant, right? Jesus as a servant. So he doesn't necessarily point out Jesus' lineage, where he came from, his history. Because a servant, their lineage doesn't really matter, does it? Doesn't really matter. Now, Luke, he writes from the perspective of son of man. So he, he, in in the very first part of Luke's gospel, when you're reading the Christmas story and all that, and you get through that, and you start looking at the perspective, and you start reading through the account, he he takes his lineage all the way back to who? Adam, son of man. And then we get to John's gospel. So you've got king, servant, son of man, son of God. John's gospel from the perspective of son of God. And we'll see in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. Oh man, there's so much to say here. And look, I I'm I promise to keep this this short, but there's there's some heresy out there that drives me crazy. In particular, it's the Jehovah's Witness faith, and I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Okay. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now the thing that 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 John is trying to say here when he talks about Jesus as being the word he wants to point out from the very beginning that Jesus being the expression of God he was there from the very beginning okay so the beginning of what well because he doesn't quantify the beginning of what he means the beginning the genesis 1 beginning right there when 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 everything is being created when the, when the first day and the first night happen, and, 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 and things are happening, and then and then and then it, it comes uh, to the point where human beings are made, and it says this in, in Genesis chapter one. Then God said, "Let us make human beings in our image." It sounds like God was talking in the plural form, doesn't it? Let us make human beings in our image. Must have been more than one of them there who was there, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was there. The Word of God, the expression of God was there with God the Father. Jesus was there with God the Father, as well as the Holy Spirit that was hovering above the waters of the earth. At that point in time, God in those three parts was existing at that point in time. And these dumb Jehovah's Witnesses try to say that that God created Jesus. Now, why do I say that they're dumb? I say that they're dumb because... When you say that somebody is ignorant, that means that they don't know the truth. You say that somebody's dumb because they have the truth, but they ignore the truth. Okay? They've they've got access to the truth, but they ignore the truth. Therefore, they're dumb. Okay? Now, you can put that on Facebook Live. I don't care. You can attack me, whatever. You know, you can write me Facebook messages, send me letters, whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you that what it says here, and you say, well, how do you know that that, that, that God didn't create, create Jesus? And so the word in verse 14, it says, so the word became human and, was, and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory and the glory from the Father's one and only Son. It says, if you go back to verse 2, so, so this, is, this is Jesus was, was in human form. It says that he existed in the beginning with God. So if there's any question about it, about when he existed, he existed when? In the beginning, with God. God created everything through him, through his power, through his expression, if you will. God God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him, through his expression. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never be extinguished. So here's the thing. As we talk about God's Word, as we talk about Jesus being the living, breathing, human flesh, incarnate expression of, of God. He is that light. See, see, the problem is, the problem is, is that people didn't want to acknowledge who he was. They didn't want to acknowledge that he was God. At that point in time, they didn't want to acknowledge that he was God. When He, he didn't just say that he had the truth and that he spoke the truth. He said that he was the truth. And he said that there was no other way. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And they really had a problem with that in that day. As a matter of fact, they still have a problem with that in this day. There's a lot of people that want to talk in general terms about God because they don't want to talk in specifics about Jesus, who is the living, breathing, incarnate expression of God, who was with God at the very beginning, did all of creation, everything was created through him. And nothing was created without him. But nobody wants to admit that. I mean, there's so many people that want to say that that, that, you know, we believe in God. And that you hear people talk all the time about God this and God that. And it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. You have you hear so little talked about Jesus, and he's like, you have to understand that I'm the truth. I'm the truth here's a tough thing about the truth. The truth brings light. And it just, said, it just said that in his life brought light to everyone. That's why they don't like Jesus right there. Because people like the darkness. They don't like the light so much. Am I right about that? Now you say, I don't like the dark. I, I like the light. I like daytime. I don't like nighttime. Nighttime scares me. That's not necessarily true. You like nighttime a lot better when you're trying to hide. Am I right? It's a lot easier to hide at nighttime than it is during the daytime. And the reality is, the reason people don't like Jesus so much is because he sheds light, because he brings light, because he uncovers, because he brings light to the things that we don't necessarily like to talk about. That's the, that's the reason a lot of people have a problem with Jesus. See, this, this, this is what it is. I mean, we, we have pastors that will go on TV and they'll ask them point-blank questions about, is this right or is this wrong? And then they'll skirt it and go, well, you have, to be, you have to judge for yourself. God's the one true judge and you have to live according to whatever you think is right and wrong. And I'm like, no, there is truth here. God has expressed himself in written word and he has expressed himself through Jesus Christ. And this is truth. This is truth, and it can't be compromised, and there's no other way around it, okay? If you don't like it, you can say that I don't agree with it, and I don't believe it. You can say that all day long, but you can't say that I believe it, and yet say that there's some other truth that's available, because that's not true. that's, That's two contradictory statements. You can't say that this is God's word, and it's God's truth, and you believe that, and yet say that there's some other truth available. That this is not contemporary. That this is old school. That this doesn't match up with modern times. And I know that I preach on this a lot. And I know that I hound on this a lot. And I know that I take specific instances and I draw them out. And I talk about specific things in society. And we've talked about many things in society where people say that. But we can't be stuck. We can't be stuck and say, well, you know... It's kind of this, or it's kind of that, and maybe it's this. No, this is truth. You see, people didn't want to acknowledge that Jesus was truth. They didn't want to acknowledge that he was God. They didn't like the light that it brought. And the reason people don't like the truth now is they don't like the light that it brings to their life. They don't like people saying that what I'm doing is wrong. It's not okay. It's contrary to the truth. That there must be some other truth out there that makes it acceptable. I'm going to follow that truth because that truth makes me feel better. That's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. And that's a world filled with darkness. A world filled with light is one that follows after Jesus. And that's why so few actually do it. That's why so few actually do it. When we talk about God's Word, we've been in this series for quite a while. I want you to know that, that following Jesus is not easy. Anybody that tells you that, that it is, is just a liar. It's not easy. Um, even understanding God, we, it, it drives me crazy that, that, that we even think for a second that we can begin to grasp even a superficial understanding of the, of the depths of this book. We do our best to, to, to maybe just get a glimpse of God through this. But man, there's so much depth here that we, we can study it for years and centuries and just be able to scratch the surface. And, and we're so audacious to think that we've got it all figured out. That we know a better way. That we, we, we know more than, than, than God knows. <laughs> we know more than how God has revealed himself, expressed himself, shown himself to us. God has given us enough information for us to know that His way is the right way, that His way is the true way. He's given us that information, and we won't even listen to that. There's so many times when Jesus would tell people that were following Him around, they would be like, oh, explain this to us, explain that to us. And they would be talking about heavenly things, and and Jesus would be like, I try to explain to you earthly things, and you can't even grasp that. How do you believe that you'll ever be able to understand heavenly things if I try to explain those to you? Real truth. I'm talking about hard, light-bringing truth. Real Christians, they'll embrace it. People that, that, that really embrace the truth of God, those are the real Christians of the world. Okay. God has revealed himself in two ways. One through his written word and the other through his son Jesus Christ. And you have to embrace both of them. You have to embrace both of them. The reason we know about his son Jesus Christ is is because we have the the written word that, that is shown us in detail through these gospel accounts exactly what he did and how he lived and what we were supposed to learn from his life and the things that he showed us about how God has revealed himself to us and we don't need to ignore that and John simply said look I was there and I saw him and I laid my head on his shoulder and this guy he was truth he was the living breathing expression of God and there's no doubt about it and his power existed because he was God let me pray Father, thank you, Lord, for the truth. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the fact that we have the truth because of Jesus. Lord, there's so many times that we, uh, we'd rather believe another truth because it's easier. We'd rather embrace a lie uh, because it makes us feel better. I pray that we wouldn't be like that. I know that real Christ followers don't do that. Lord, I know that, uh, that the truth is hard, but I also know that the truth sets us free. So maybe we be real and honest with ourselves. God, I pray that we would read your word. I pray that we would open it and look at it and we would see. God, it would be like a mirror to us. God, it wouldn't just go away. God, I pray that it would stick with us and we'd constantly be examining ourselves in light of this word. God, I just pray, Lord, for people that don't know you. The people that are deceived and they think that they know you, but really, in reality, they don't. God, I just pray for them. I ask you to just reveal yourself to them. God, shake them up to their core. God, if it means that you have to bring them to the very edge of death for them to understand who you are, God, I pray that you do that. I pray that you do whatever it takes, God, so that they might be saved, so they might truly embrace truth. God, we need you. God, they need you. I just pray that, God, if there's anybody here that has a need, God, that they just want to express their faith through prayer, God, I just pray that they would do that now. You know, this is a time when we can just talk to you, draw close to you. God, let your word penetrate our hearts. So I pray that we do that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let everyone stand.